welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devar Torah called Parshas Vayetze. Maximize the impact of davening. Shalom to everyone. In Parshas Vayetze, we have the famous confrontation when Rachel comes to Yaakov and says to him, Listen, my sister has kids with you, and they have no kids. So she got jealous of her sister, and she she said to Yaakov, she says the following, Vatomer Yaakov, she said to Yaakov, Havali Banim, please, give me children, and if not, I am dead. Mesa Noichi, that's what the Pasuk says. As a result, Yaakov gets upset, and he says back to her, Vayoymer Hatachas Eloikim Anoichi, Am I instead of God who has deprived you from having kids? And Rashi, Rashi says, It's clear that Hashem deprived you from having kids and not from me having kids. There's two main questions I want to discuss, which many commentaries discuss, but I want to give you another way of answering these questions, which I think will be a big lesson for us. Question number one. How can it be that someone like Yaakov Avinu speaks in such a harsh way no other to his wife that he really cares for. And we know that the Avois HaKadoshim were supposed to learn from them Midot how to act. That's one of the reasons that we have all these stories in Chumash Bereshis. So how can it be? And and it's not, even if it wasn't his wife, someone that's in pain and agony that she doesn't have kids, how can it be that he speaks in such a, a fashion? Question number two, it's not even 100% accurate to tell her it's Hashem st- stopping you from having kids and not me because the truth is based on the Gemara and Baruch Yistav Samich it seems that Yaakov Avinu signed Ruch HaKodesh that he was going to have 12 Shvatim the 12 tribes and he wanted Rachel Imenu to be one of the main pillars from which the tribes would come from so he did want her to have kids Hashem in a way did deprive him from having kids because he wanted to have kids Dafka from her and just to top it all off, the Midrash Rabbah, Bereishis Rabbah, does show to us that Yaakov Avinu, on his level, of course, did something that on his level wasn't 100% okay. Because it says, Amalwa Kodesh Buhu, is this how you speak to someone in pain? Chayecha, you'll see that at the end, Shebanecha atidim la'amod lifnei bna. You'll see that your other sons will end up standing in front of the son that you're going to have from Rachel, which is what we all know happened later on in the stories, when all the brothers bowed down to, to Yosef, which is a son that he had from Rachel. So you see that there was indeed something that that we see that Yaakov didn't do 100%. What is that thing? And what was Yaakov, what was Yaakov thinking? Why was he speaking in such a fashion? So I want to share with you a concept that we see is true in other places, and then we'll be able to apply it here and we will learn from it. So I want to take you to a different story, another famous story. Also the Gemara Bochus talks about the story. The story is about Chana. Chana was married to Elkanah. This is in Shmuel Aleph Aleph. And she wasn't able to have kids. And uh, Shmuel was also married to another woman. And she was able to have kids, Pnina. But Chana wasn't able to have kids. As a result... What happened? At a certain point, 
when she went to the Mishkan, she davened to Hashem, and she cried to Hashem. And she even made a nedel. She swore to Hashem that if at the end of the day she gets a son, she'll call him Shmuel, and he'll be, he'll be totally devoted for Avodah Hashem. So the Malbim asks, what's going on here? How come Chana was answered? Dafka in this prayer, Harei, she went to the Mishkan in, on, uh, every year. So what was different this specific year that you see that she, she davened in a special way, literally with all her heart, crying, and even she made a nedel, like she, she promised Hashem that if she'll get a boy, she'll, she'll, she'll take him and she'll dedicate him to, to be, uh, uh, for avoid us Hashem, which she indeed did. And bischus that, in the manner of that, she, she, does, she got a baby. But the question is, what was unique? She, she probably davened all the time. What was special about this davening, this prayer, that by the way, we learn a lot of the halachot of Dinei Tfila from there, from her prayer, this specific prayer in, in the Gemara and Bachus. So what was so unique about it that we, that Dafka from that prayer, she was answered. Surely she davened all the time. So the Maldim answers, because what was unique during that specific year if you look in the Psukim, right before that, her husband, when she comes to Elkanah, and she, and he, Elkanah sees, her husband sees that she's down, he says to her, Vayomer la Elkanah, don't cry, I, I'm, I love you more than the other wife, and I am telling you, I'm better than ten boys. Halo anuchi tov lach So what happened here, says the Malbim, until this point, she thought she's not alone. She's together with her husband. He's also davening for her. She has who to lean on. But at that point, she realized, whoa, I'm, in, I'm not in the same boat as my husband. I'm on my own. I have no kids. And he doesn't think it's the end of the world. I have to, it's everything on me. And that's the point, the point that she realized, the turning point. It's all on me. And I have to daven to Hashem with all my heart. Once she realized that, obviously uh, upgraded her davening, her prayer to Hashem. And that davening broke, was shover rekiim, and got to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to kavod, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered her. Once she came to this realization, the en lanu we have no one to lean on, but only HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's when her prayer was answered. We see a similar concept, says Rav Itzalemivolojin, he says a similar concept we saw, in Mitzrayim, what happened when Bnei Yisrael were Mitzrayim when they were slaves? When the king died, then they started they started screaming Tashem. It says in uh, in in Shmois Perek Beis Pasuk Afgimel and the king died and then they started screaming Tashem. He asks, what happened? Why only now to scream Tashem? And he answers. There's other answers to this question. He answers. The reason is because Kol Od Paro is still alive. They said, wait a second, maybe once he dies, all the rules will change. Once the government change, changes, everything will change and it will be okay. But once he died and everything conti- continued to be the same way, that's when they said, whoa, we've exhausted all options. There's nothing that can happen. We have to daven Tashem with all our hearts. And that's when there was a turning point in Mitzvah. By the way, we see the same thing in Purim. In the in in the Gemara in Megillah, it says it asks the following question: We all know the famous story that Esther made a mishteh 
together with Haman and Achashverosh, so that they'll put a stop to the decree of trying to kill all the Jewish people. But why did she have to invite Haman to it? She could have just gone one-on-one with Achashverosh, with the king. And one of the reasons given in the Gemara is because she didn't want all the Jewish people to say, ah, we're going to be okay at the end because we have someone very close to us in the kingship. She's going to take care of us. As the Gemara says over there, we have a sister in the, in the kingship. So therefore, she said, no, I have to trick them. I have to make them think that I'm not 100% with them. I'm going to invite Haman himself to the Mishnah and they'll think that I'm close with Haman and therefore they'll say, game over. The only way things can work out is if it's only on Avinu Shabbat we can trust and we have to daven to Hashem. She wanted, she had that cheshben, she calculated that and she wanted them to daven to Hashem as if all other options were exhausted. Of course, now we understand what Yaakov Avinu was intending. Yaakov Avinu, even though it might have not have been 100% glut, because at the end of the day, even though his intentions were good, but he was causing pain to, to Rachel, and maybe that's what the Midrash Rabbah is saying, but the important Nakuda is over here, Yaakov wants her to daven with all her heart and to realize it's all, um, only up to her, even though he probably did continue to daven for it, because he also wanted himself, and also he cared for his wife. But at the end of the day, he wanted to make sure that her davening will be from her heart, 100%. And coming to the realization, it's all based on the Kodesh Bulchu and nothing else. And indeed it was that davening, that prayer, when Rachel Imenu realized it's only based on her, that she was answered. This is brought down in the Ramban. The Ramban in, in our parsha says that at this point Rachel Imenu saw she cannot trust on, she can't trust the prayer of her husband Yaakov. But rather she has to daven for herself. And that's why she was Zoyche that HaKadosh Bochu answered her, because she realized it's all based on me, and I can't trust anyone. I'd like to... So we, we see the important concept over here, that a person davens to Hashem, he should realize that I'm not trying to calculate, wait, I'm going to trust this person, or this, this his davening for me, or, or he's going to help me out, and how things are going to work out. We have to blindly trust HaKadosh Bochu and realize that the only source for anything is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, En Oid Milvadoi. There is no one else, and En Lanu Almi Leishen, El Alavinu Shabashamayim. I'd like to end off with two short stories that exemplify this idea, this concept. One's a story I saw, actually I saw in my kids' comics books, and I thought it was uh, very appropriate to say. And one is a story that my wife heard, they're both very short, and we have an argument which one's better, but I'll, I will leave that to the audience. So we'll start, to give myself a better chance, we'll start with my wife's story, which is a person comes to, to a doctor and she says, please, I need your help. My, my, my mom, my mother is doing really, she's really not doing well, she's sick. Please, can you come to our house and help take care of her, see what's wrong, and maybe you can help. So the doctor says, sure, I'll come, but hold on. Which jacket do you think I should wear? This one or this one? She says, she says, please, come, come, we need your help. So he says, which tie should I wear? This one or this one? I'll come. She says, come, come. He says, I'll come, just one second. So should I wear this hat or this hat? And she, and she, she couldn't take it anymore, the daughter. She just screamed to Hashem, Hashem, please help me already, please. And then the doctor said, okay, now I'm ready to come. Now that you realize it's not me, and I'm just a messenger, but really it's based on Hashem, I'm willing to come. Ad Khan, story number one. That's my wife's story. Now starts the story I saw. 
that is based on my kids' comics. So there's this person coming to to the Rabbi, to the Rav, and he asks him, I'm really sick and I don't know what to do. Which doctor should I go to? What should I do? Which doctor? I need an expert doctor in this and this disease that I have. I don't know what to do. So the Rebbe, I don't remember, maybe it was the Baal Shem Tov, I don't remember, and he says to him, you have to go to this village in the middle of nowhere. It'll take you a long time. In those days, of course, there was no no way to get to places fast. You have to go with a wagon, etc. So he says, you have to go there and you have to speak to the doctor there. Go to that doctor. So he goes, it takes him two weeks until finally he gets to the village. It looks, it looks like a third, third world country or village. And as he finally gets there, everything looks bombed out. And the first person he, he sees, he says to him, he says, Shalom Rabiyid, can you please tell me where is the doctor of this village? And he just started laughing. He just started laughing at him. And then more people came, and they also started laughing. He says, what's so funny? He says, there's, there's never been a doctor here. And they point to the sky, meaning, when we're sick, we daven Tashem. And then he realized what the Rebbe was trying to tell him. Don't think it's the doctor who heals you. It's all based on Hashem. A person has to daven. It's true that we today, we have to do our ishtadlut. And there's a Pasuk in the toilet that says we're allowed to go to a doctor. We learn from that Pasuk that a person is allowed to go and get healed by a doctor. But we have to realize, once again, the name of the game is we are living in an optical illusion. It seems like the doctor is healing us, but that's not true. The doctor is not healing us, and it's not something that made us sick. It's all coming from a Kaddish Buch, and it's all for the best. If we live with that realization, we'll be able to upgrade our prayers to Hashem, and through that, get closer and closer to Hashem, and Emir to Hashem, uplift our spiritual level, and bring Mashiach Tzidkenu Bimehel Be'yomim. Good job. This is the Prism of Torah podcast. Drabasaf Aaron Prisman. Please share with your friends and family. Prismoftorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divrei Torah. You can contact us through the website. Once again, Prismoftorah.com. This podcast was produced for free by Ellie Podcast Production. Lunishmas, Le Bastiano, Yakov Alexander, Ben Mordechai Doyf, Isaac Isaac Ben Moshe.